Faith Forge Fathers is a podcast focused on navigating fatherhood and growing what God has called us to be as fathers. My name is Matthew Green. I'm a father of two young sons, and the mission of this podcast is to provide a wide array of experiences, perspectives through interviewing guests from all stages of fatherhood. My hope is that we'll all learn together, gain encouragement and wisdom along the way. Thanks for listening. Welcome to this episode of Faith Forge Fathers. Today's guest is one of my great friends, Jason McKinnon. Jason is uh, is a veteran. He's a coach, both life coach, personal training. He's a teacher. He's a dad. He's just super involved in church. He's just a great all-around person, and I could not be more excited to have him on the podcast today. Welcome. Thanks, Matt. It's uh, an honor and privilege to be here, and I was one of those guys that heard you talk about this forever, and I'm so happy to see you here actually doing it, and um, I'm honored to be a guest. So thank you for considering me one of those fathers. No, absolutely. You're somebody that I have looked up to for years now, and I'm just super grateful for you to be part of this. And uh, you kind of set this up perfectly with that. You have been encouraging me to do this, and that's something that you're just absolutely incredible in doing to people, is that it's just speaking just positivity and speaking life into people. And so that's something that I think that listeners will get out of this conversation and kind of where I want to start the conversation. Being that speaking life into people is such a strong skill set of yours. Is that something that you've always, always done or is is that something that you've had to develop over time? It's a good question. I think I haven't always been that way. I had some adversity growing up as a child, grew up without a dad, actually. So I really didn't have that father figure to encourage me, to show me what a dad looks like, to show me what a man looks like. I kind of attached myself to my coaches and uh, through sports and kind of learned that behavior by their their model. And uh, one of my biggest spiritual influences was my grandmother. And um, she just always saw the light in things and always saw good in people. And her heart was so big. So I feel like she had helped make me positive and want to speak the same words of encouragement that she did to me and to others. That's amazing. So you said it to growing up, did you find yourself with like without having that father figure were you in like more, a more negative guarded mindset? And then it was just like over time, those coaches just chipped away at you and you realize like, oh, wow, like this is really a powerful trait to have. Yeah, definitely owe a lot to the coaches. Um, I always had it in me and I think it was kind of superficial surface level that I would smile and put on a, I'm okay. You know, things are good and always be that person for somebody when deep down, I really was um, craving that and, need, and needing that from those coaches and those positive role models that I attached myself to. I was actually reading through Matthew this week and you popped into my brain. It's verse Matthew 12, 34, where he said he's, he's kind of calling out the Pharisees at the time. He calls them the brood of vipers. But at the end of it, he says, for the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. You were the first person that popped into my brain when I read that, because just, so just hearing how others have poured into your life, that I think then spills back out into those around you. So I, your coaches were pouring into you over time. When did you come to Christ along the the journey from in childhood? Was it your, through your grandmother shepherding you? So my grandmother definitely played a huge role. Uh, I grew up in and out of the church, kind of like holidays and, you know, when, when my parents wanted to take us. My dad actually took his own life when I was 10 years old. Um, and I kind of, as a 10 year old, I didn't really understand how God could do something like that. And I kind of had a, kind of had rebelling and um, was angry, you know, inside. I tried to be strong for my mom and my two sisters, but inside my heart was like a rock. I just, I didn't really have compassion and love. And 
Uh, like I said, it was those people that God put in my life, like my grandmother, my cross country coach really just saw that there was a void with no father and took me under his wing and encouraged me and made me live up to my potential. There's many times that people say, oh, this guy has so much potential, but it's the people that actually help you see your full potential and reach your full potential, put that into action. So I'm really thankful to my grandmother who always took me to church, no matter what was going on. She always told me to believe in God and always told me that my relationship with God was more important than any relationship with any human person. And I just stuck with that, you know, through the ups and the downs. She was my rock, helping me with my faith. And I struggled with it as an adult. God, God finds you and works with you, has placed so many good people and just put me where I, in the church that I need to be at and continues to work on me. Thank you for being vulnerable enough to share that story. So you said that happened at 10. When did you, I know you're going to church and just probably the going through the motions until, you know, you kind of had that heart change kind of when, when in life was that, was that teens or did you say it was more in your adult life? So as a teenager, after high school, my aunt let me move down to Florida with her uh, after I graduated high school and she took me in. I started going to church with them. They were involved in the, um, in the praise band and it was just a great atmosphere. I was hanging out with singles and college kids and just other Christians, you know, which was really challenging to find at the time. I still wasn't where I am in my faith today. Right before I joined the military at 21 years old, I said, God, there's nothing else going on in my life. I have all these crossroads. I'm at this crossroads. What do I do? And I joined the military and I said, God's got me. And um, I met my wife in the military and she has a kind of similar upbringing to me where church was kind of when the parents wanted to go and we created our faith together and our routine together. And even through the struggles of a dual military marriage, kept God as the center of our household. So I'd say about probably the age of 25, hmm. um, after my son was born, you know, what kids can do to you, it just oh, yeah. makes you see things in a different light and um, just miracle of, of childbirth and that something that God let my wife and I create is just, you know, changes your mind, changes your thought, changes your perspective on life. So uh, definitely having children and marrying um, a Christian woman. Uh, help my faith along. That's awesome. And, and I think uh, Melissa's also really amazing at being positive and speaking life into everybody. You you two together are just like super couple uh, when it comes to that. Thanks. And I definitely noticed before we had Ryland, my faith journey was super, super important, but it was very like a very personal feeling journey. Like I needed to grow as a person just so I was, you know, on the right path. And then when you have, you know, your first child, I feel like the weight of it. it's not just like a personal growth journey. Now you turn into like, I need to shepherd this little, you know, this little boy uh, through through that journey as well. And it, I feel like it's a very weighty thing that comes with, uh, with fatherhood. I, I agree. Just that God would trust me to be a father when I wasn't, I didn't have things figured out myself. We're always a work in progress, but we think we have to have it all figured out when our kids are born. You know, God has the manual, the Bible, and just sticking to that rather than trying to do things our own way or listen to our parents or our in-laws, society, a challenge every day, but it's something that, you know, with God in our corner, it makes it a little easier. But as you know, raising children in today's world is, uh, it can be very challenging. Yeah, it's, it's very, very complex. What, what are, what would you say are some of the, the challenges, something that you guys are kind of going through uh, or, or that you've kind of encountered with the current culture and society? Well, I think um, it stands out. I'm, yeah, we're in a season right now where we have a high schooler. He's a freshman in high school. And, um, you know, high school comes with all kinds of expectations. And this is who you're going to, the decisions you make today and the choices you make, 
that's going to create the man you're going to be. So we're having those heart to heart talks with our son, um, letting him know that he going to church with us is great, but he needs to own his own faith. Mm. And we, we kind of encourage him to build his relationship with the Lord, his relationship. So it's something that he owns and um, not living through his parents and his family's uh, church life, you know, the struggles with social media and wanting to fit in and keeping up with the trends. And it's just, you know, a lot. We try to keep, stay humble and let him know that it's not about the possessions you have or, you know, the clothes you wear. And yes, if, if the Lord provides and you have those luxuries, great, but that doesn't make you who you are. So we're working on his character from the outside looking in, we get lots of compliments from our friends and it's good to hear because you never know how you're doing as a parent and you're always your own worst critic and really hard on yourself. And there's been nights where you go to bed and like, just feel like a failure. It's like, man, I can't believe he's going through that. And I don't know what to do, but I've surrounded myself with um, some good men and fathers that I really look up to. And uh, I think God has put those people in my life to help because that's, that's what we need. We need to learn from each other and there's, there's no like manual, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So every day brings its own challenge. High school is, has been interesting and I'm just happy that he's not doing what I was doing in high school when I was his age, that he's just on a way better path and thank the Lord every day that our foundation is strong. That's how we're living our lives. Yeah. One thing my dad always tells me, like, I remember as I was getting later in life and like had the kind of bigger way to your decisions coming up like he he got to a point where he was like when you're young yes i'm kind of your decision maker but as you grow older i i'm i'm stepping more into an advisor role and so it sounds like it's kind of a similar approach you're having with your son and kind of his faith journey is when they're younger it's probably a much more hands-on kind of guidance but then at what point did you kind of feel like hey now is the time for me to kind of start not necessarily taking a step back, but giving him his space to kind of navigate that on his own. I think last summer, uh, he mm-hmm. got to go on a mission trip with a local mission group and he went away to the homeless ministries in San Antonio and he got to go do overnights. And that was kind of his first real exposure to being gone and being on a mission himself. And when he came back, I just saw he was a different kid, you know, little man. Part of our life and a part of our, our mission is that we serve you know, whatever that looks like food banks and homeless ministries and wherever we just, uh, we like our kids to just know how to serve without getting something in return. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Just humbly serving and just, we want them to grow up being servants. So we do that as a family a lot. And I feel like his servant heart and the way he is towards others is just, you don't find that a lot in young men these days. And it's just, it's great that he's on his own path. We actually, we're doing a devotion together, heart of a competitor. It's more Mm. of like a sports-based devotion, but we do about once a week. We'll just sit there and go through the devotion and see how it applies to his life. But I think that's the coolest thing because I didn't grow up with a dad or a male figure, pray with me or pray for me. And that's something that, I mean, his faith is so strong and I'm, I'm envious, but in a good way that he's growing up with that because it's just, you could see such a difference in his character and the little man he's becoming. Yeah. We still have a home video from, I think Easter three or four years ago where I think my son was two or three at the time and your son was going around and making sure that he was okay, right? Making sure that there was an egg where he couldn't reach it. He was there to get it for him. And, I, and that has stuck with me. I uh, just, what a, a great both set of kids. I shouldn't, I mean, both of your, your kiddos are amazing. And so with y'all's devotion, do y'all have like set time each week that y'all kind of sit down? Is it like in an evening once a week or is it kind of a schedules uh, allow kind of what's that rhythm and routine look like for y'all? 
So in the summer, uh, we were trying to do like Sunday evenings when we were traveling, uh, just made sense. Or Wednesday evenings is usually our church activity nights, but week to week, it changes. We just get it in when we can get it in and uh, go with the schedule and roll with it. But something that we tried to set as a priority, Melissa, my wife got them, both my children into journaling. And oh, even cool. if it's just a short, yeah, it's great. I mean, it's not my thing, but it's her thing and I love it. And they're really into it. And I think that's helping them. Uh, grow their relationship with the Lord, but also helping their prayer life a lot because mm-hmm. um, it's, you know, when we pray together, they can reflect on their journal and use that uh, for substance and for just to help them along the way. Yeah. And I found that journaling helps me describe what I'm feeling like way better than if I try to like express it out loud. Like I found myself praying out loud sometimes and I get to a point where I'm just like, God, I think you know what my heart's feeling right now, like, but I can't express it, right? But if I sit down with my journal, like, it's easier to kind of convey that because it almost feels like I'm writing them a letter versus right. you more know, personal. Trying, yeah, so like that's super cool that they're getting into to journaling. That's so you said it's not your thing. What's the way that you like to? Is it just just quiet time, prayer time? Is it going on a run with some solitude? Kind of what's your yep combination so um i have early morning clients sometimes and i try to get out here in the in the garage gym about 15 20 minutes before i have my first client just get my mind right get the day right uh sometimes get to watch the sunrise just listen to the sounds that out there in nature and just have that one-on-one reflection time and just to set the tone for the day i just give thanks for my family i give thanks for my church and uh, just living where we live in this country where we have all these freedoms and just so thankful every day um that i have access to that relationship with the lord I just, you know, like you said, on runs or bike rides, I don't listen to music. I have that time where I can just say, not just because I'm hurting and struggling, but because I'm thankful that I'm able to the ability to move and just have that one-on-one time. I have some kind, sometimes I go through the daily devotions that I have, but I, it's really just finding that intentional time. Right now, I actually, a couple of weeks ago, started a devotion called Man in the Mirror. Oh, and cool. um, it's, it's a self-reflecting and just uh, I, I love it. Uh, it was given to me by one of my mentors. It's funny how he knows that I'm not a big reader, but always gives me books. And uh, I feel that just I'm obligated to read it because he gave it to me and he's going to ask questions. So it's, you know, God put that man in my life to uh, make me a little more studious and dig a little deeper. So I actually try on my good days to do the devotion in the morning and then reflect on it before I go to bed and see how mm. it carried over into the day. And sometimes it does, sometimes it doesn't. But when it does, it's like, wow, it just, it hits and it makes sense for that day. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, the reflection um, in the evening, it's really just a good way to make sure that I was trying to apply it because um, that's one of the things as an instructor or teacher at the church that we, we learn all this, but what are we doing with it? Are we applying it? Mm. You know? So this is my, my checks and balances to make sure that I'm not just going through the routine of doing the devotion, but I'm actually trying to apply it to my life. No, that's great. Do you find that like when you're getting up and doing your devotion in the morning, do you find yourself like more, I guess, spiritually resilient through the day? Does it kind of like set the tone for you? Uh, and then as reflecting back, is it kind of like almost set you up for the next morning just to kind of keep that, that healthy rhythm going? Right on. I mean, the rhythm is so important. I, I know that, um, when I fall out of that rhythm or I forget a day or two, it, I really feel the effects throughout the day. Um, like you said, that spiritual energy, uh, I feel like I'm attacked more. I feel like I just don't have the armor per se mm. to, to deflect the situations that are going on because I wasn't in my devotion. I almost like use it as a, if I didn't do this, 
I'm almost bound to that something's going to happen, but I, I probably shouldn't be thinking like that, but it usually does. So it just shows me that I got to stick to my routine because it's good. It's good for my growth. And when we get complacent in that, um, especially if it's just 15 minutes, 20 minutes, I mean, that's compared to the 24 hours that we're given every day. I mean, there's no excuses. That's a non-negotiable. We, we need to fit the time in. So I'm pretty hard on myself when it comes to that lately, just because I'm trying to develop these habits for myself to be better, but also I want my son and my daughter to see that it's something that uh, I value in my routine. And it's, it's one of those non-negotiables that has to happen. Yeah. I, I think that's interesting that you say you're super hard on yourself. And I, and I know that you, you definitely, I think, hold those around you, your, you know, your kids and your friends and stuff to high standard and accountability, but it always has that, I guess, like that positivity kind of lens to it. Do you find you're able to maintain that same like positive tone when it comes to talking to yourself. I know for me, if anybody could hear how I talk to myself, like they'd be like, Oh my goodness, like chill out. Like, or do you kind of have that same that dialogue? I, I feel like I'm able to speak pretty positively to people, but not internally. Is that, is that a similar kind of dynamic for you? So it definitely used to be something that I struggled with talk myself down and say, how could you do that? How could you be so stupid? You know, just stuff just that you probably shouldn't say to yourself. Yeah. But, um, you know, in order to be nice to others and be genuine and you have to be nice to yourself, you have mm. to treat yourself with respect. You have to value, you know, it's something that I intentionally do. If I catch myself, you know, bad mouthing myself or talking down, I, I have to immediately change that mindset because, um, working with life coaching, it's, it's just something that's, it's a mindset, right? And if I can't do it on my end, how am I going to, instruct other people to do that. You know, so it's definitely something that uh, it's always a work in progress. I know that I'm not perfect. I'm going to fall short and that's okay. Try to accept that. It's challenging, but definitely try to accept that. Going back and trying to find some, some of the verses that really resonate with me when it comes to kind of how we, how we speak. And and Mm in one of them to James three, verse five, where he's talking about the, like the power of your tongue, right? I think the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. Consider what a great force is set on fire by a small spark. And I think, and you kind of hit on that with uh, just how you're speaking to yourself. Like it may not seem like a big deal, like of how, how you talk to yourself, but it really does make a world of difference. I love that you, you said you used to be like that, but you made the mental shift to not because you can't expect something of others if you don't do it yourself. I mean, one question I like to ask people is around routines and rhythms, but it really sounds like that you have a lot of, of great ones in place, whether that's yourself with your devotions, you know, with your son, do you have any, I know you're in small groups and things like that. Do you have anything like with, with uh, Melissa or, or your daughter? So Melissa and my daughter, they do, they pray together every evening. We pray together as a family, but then we break up, you know, and do, uh, that's the great thing about having the two, you know, mm-hmm. I get to break out with my son, my wife goes with my daughter. And we kind of do like intentional praying, but we, we pray together as a family. We definitely have the kids involved in that. They're old enough and they're confident enough to pray out loud and pray as a family. So we do that as part of our routine. Melissa and I, we've had our own uh, prayer walk, but we, we study our small group studies together. She's in a woman's group. I do a men's thing, but um, it's definitely something that we've done in the past. And now that you mention it, it's something that I'd like to get back into because it, it just helps our relationship. Another good habit and routine to show the children that uh, one day they're going to get married and find somebody and hopefully they share the same routine and habits and outlook, um, faith. 
So definitely something I'd like to do more with my wife, with my daughter. Like I said, she does her journaling and um, we pray specific uh, for things when things come up. And when she has a test or something coming up, she gets you know stressed out and we'll pray specifically for that. It's definitely, there's no right or wrong time to pray. It's definitely part of our routine, but uh, something happens and it's spur of the moment. You know, you bust out the prayer and go to Jesus and it's something that you just, you know, always ready to pray. We're bold with our prayers and we, like you said, small group, we try to encourage others to also be because public speaking, as we know, is challenging for most people. But when you add uh, religious influence and emphasis to things, Mm -hmm. it it can be even more challenging. So it's something that I, I work on and in my own devotion, I try to pray out loud and just so God can hear me and just be confident in my prayers. And the routine is good, but I don't know. My kids used to say, I know Zayden used to say, dad, if we keep praying the same prayer, you know, it gets old and we we need to switch it up a little bit and have variety in our prayers. So he, he kind of influenced us to not always pray the same prayer, like the bedtime prayer or whatnot, Mm. but just to be, have variety. So uh, I'm always growing and learning and I learn a lot from him. So our family faith, like I said, try to do it together as much as possible, um, especially reflection after our long weeks that we have, but it's something that one of those, again, non-negotiables as a family, we are praying family. The power of prayer is immeasurable. So it sounds like you like to kind of have that that consistency. Is there like a specific book or verse you find yourself leaning on frequently for guidance as a father or just kind of in general on a day-to-day basis? Uh, Yeah, I have a a verse from Ephesians 4.29. Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such as is good for building up as fits the occasion that it may give grace to those who hear. Mm. And then my second verse is from 1 Peter 3.10. For whoever desires to love life and see good days, let him keep his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking deceit. You're seeing that over and over again, how the power of speech is kind of reiterated a testament to its power. Yeah, it's very important. Um, I tell young people all the time that when they use foul language or slang, it uh, speaks to their intelligence and what's what's really going on in their hearts and on their minds. So I figure if I can try not to speak with evil tongue and deceit, try to just speak good, that that reflects what's going on in my heart and in my brain. So mm-hmm. as as guys coming up through sports and just being in, you go to a golf course and play, you know, play around a golf and it's usually pretty expletive filled and so as you when you start being around people like yourself that everything that comes out of their mouth you know it's wholesome it's very refreshing it's just very uplifting it is there was a time when i was in the military where my mouth wasn't always saying the good things that i say today and i just i love that i'm where i'm at today compared to where i used to be because when i find myself in those sports events like golf matches or anything just with buddies and it's almost embarrassing to hear some of the things that are said, you know, and I never mm-hmm. thought I'd be bashful about it, but even the movies and the content we're you know, watching on TV and like the golden rule, if you wouldn't watch it in front of your mother or you don't want your kids to see it, you know, don't do it in the, on your own. And that secular stuff can really get us and consume us and influence the way we, we talk. So just try to avoid it, man. I try so hard. Yeah. It's very pervasive, especially like you said, social media, movies, shows, like it's really Music. hard. Yeah. And, and things that used to be dubbed explicit, fine now. And so yeah. I think I put on like a clean version of a song and like, you know, something comes through and I'm like, whoops, oops, 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 oops. What happened to just good old 90s country music right now? It's there's right. everything's got it right. Kind of start wrapping this up. 
just want to again express my gratitude to you as a friend, uh, just an amazing example of what uh, a godly father looks like from how you speak life into not only your kids, how you speak to your wife, how you lift up your friends and your family. You're just an amazing example. Uh, I'm thankful that you were able to share some of your wisdom that you've gained over the years. Thanks for being vulnerable, sharing your story. Your your children are are, are blessed to have you. Uh, Thank you so much. I'm grateful for you and I appreciate you, Jason. Thanks, Matt. I appreciate you, brother. Awesome. Catch you later, bud. All right. If you enjoyed this episode of the Faith Forged Fathers podcast, please leave us a five-star review on whichever podcast platform you're listening from. Subscribe to the podcast and also head on over to Instagram and follow at Faith Forged Fathers. Thanks again for listening.